Are you missing out on valuable tax credits? On this episode of The Joe Roberts Show, Justin Maxwell will tell you everything you need to know about applying for R&D tax credits, how your business could potentially get thousands of dollars back each year. Justin is an experienced tax and financial specialist focusing on R&D tax credits. He's going to discuss the different credits that you and your business may qualify for that you've never even considered. If you are looking to save on your taxes, then this is a can't-miss episode. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Roberts Show. This, this is The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Hey, Justin. Welcome to the show. Let's get rolling by giving us a brief background about your investing experience and what you're up to today. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm... I am. Uh, I did a little bit of invest in real estate. I did some um, fin- uh, just uh, single-family home residential flips, and then I brokered some notes. And so I've done everything from like here in Utah, like what you consider like a low-income housing, all the way up to very high and expensive flips. Um, one of the reasons that I bounced between all of those is because I couldn't really find a niche that really struck with me or struck a chord with me. Like I really enjoy the process of investing real estate, but I never really found my identity with that. Like I enjoy that process, but I needed to do something more that gave me a career as well. I didn't want to make real estate investing a career, essentially. I want to do that on the side as an investing strategy for me. But for when it came to like uh, my business and making that a business, that wasn't something I wanted to do on a daily basis. And so... That's why I was balancing around between low income, high income, and just all over the place with brokering notes and seller finance notes. And just, I was all over the place. I couldn't really find anything I wanted. And so I was looking for something that would help me progress and give me purpose. Awesome. So how, you know, when you left the real estate industry, how did you, you know, find a passion to where you are today? Yeah. So I, I've, I'm really a quite the, no, I wouldn't say quite, I just really enjoy learning. And so when I, so I used to be a teacher. And when I hit my point in teaching where I was like, I need to do something else and to look for something else and to find something that, that just fulfills me and actually allows me to provide for my family. I just dove into how do I make money? Like what are some different ways that can bring value to the world and increase my productivity so that people will pay me for it. And so I started that, that journey of looking to do that in real estate. But as I was doing that, I started learning a lot about how taxes are a huge part of, of life. Like, if I'm making all this money, yet I'm paying 30 to 50% of that money back to Uncle Sam, like it doesn't really make sense. And so I started diving deep into, okay, what, what tax strategies can I implement? Can I help other people implement that's going to bring value to them? And I just started down a rabbit hole that eventually led me to where I am now on being a, a, uh, a research and development tax strategist and a tax specialist because I've, I have found that the majority of small business owners have no idea that tax incentives and credits even exist. They're just so obsessed with deductions and how can I pay more stuff to get my tax liability to go lower that they miss out on this whole other side of the tax code. That's it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's massive. 5 million words in the United States tax code that can contain um, just ways that business owners can, all they have to do is perform specific activities within their business and then the government will pay them money for doing it. And so it read me, led me right to that. And that's where I found I could bring the most value. So it was just a, an starting out. I want to bring more value to the world, want to get paid for it. Started real estate with houses and it eventually led me to 
taxes. Dude, I love the subject of taxes. You know, it's definitely important because every year uh, everyone has to file a tax return and they always, uh, obviously as a business owner, try to minimize their tax bill. So you, you said research and development tax credits and that's usually known as R&D, correct? Correct, yep. So that's the short. If people have heard of it, that's what they're going to hear it by is R&D most of the time, but it stands for research and development. Okay, and so what are... R&D tax credits, or where do they apply? Yeah, so a research and development tax credit is the government wants to reward you for being innovative, for trying to create new custom solutions for clients. And so if you're attempting to do that stuff and not just be an off-the-shelf person that takes one product and then delivers it to someone else with no little, like you're not really doing very much in the middle, you're just taking someone else's made product and delivering to um, a customer. So an example of that type of person would be like an Amazon uh, FBA person that takes a product that's already been created and they just sell it um, at a marked up price to someone else. So that type of person doesn't qualify for, but if you're doing where I am the creator of that product and I'm creating that product, or if I am, when I say, and I guess I need to take a step back. If I say product, it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical product. Like there's people in the world that they themselves are the product, like speakers or entertainers or media. Like if you are innovating yourself to bring more value to the marketplace, that counts as a product. Like the product doesn't just have to be a physical item. It can be you or you doing something. Like for example, dentists, like they're innovating every time they get in someone's mouth. Like they're, when they're putting braces in, it's a custom solution. Or when they're fixing a cavity, it's a custom solution to that individual person. And they're always looking for different ways to tweak and manipulate and manufacture new things within the person's mouth. So it doesn't just have to be a, like me inventing a, just a random, I'll just think like a cell phone. It can be a lot more deep than that. that. That's good. So when people are creating these solutions, what are the specific expenses that can qualify for these credits? Yeah. So it's, it's good to realize that it doesn't necessarily have to be an expense. Like it can be, but it mainly goes to like, let's think of it this way. So let's just put a uh, scenario out there that I am a business owner that owns, we'll just say a tech company and I employ engineers that are helping me develop a tech product or an app. Let's say the money, the salary that I am paying my engineer who is now essentially a, 100% like that's all an, essentially an engineer. That's what they're doing, right? They're constantly creating and trying to tweak products. So that salary that I pay my engineer, a percentage of that salary goes directly towards this credit. And so the more I have these type of people or even yourself, because it can apply, you can be the salary you pay yourself if you're that person filling the engineer role, a percentage of that goes towards the credit. Other things that, it, that would qualify is like if I bought a, let's just say, uh, going back to dentists, if I bought a 3D printer for my office, like that's enabling me to innovate within my office. I don't have to 30 party that out. I can do more productivity within my office. And so the money I spent on that product is a dollar for dollar credit um, that goes towards me. Another one is if I want to hire a third party contractor that does something like maybe I, I'm really good at the, like the business side, but I want to hire someone that's going to build my app for me or build that, build that for me. So the person doesn't have to be on your staff is what I'm saying. 
you can pay a third party contractor and the money you're paying that third party contractor goes back as a credit. As long as they're doing something that qualifies under the like innovation, new, trying to either improve upon or make a new product or process or a system that's going to improve the process of your business. This got to comes down to basically the government wants United States businesses to be at the forefront of the, the world. And so they feel like if businesses are trying to improve processes, trying to improve products, that they're going to stumble upon something that's going to change the world. And so they want to reward you for spending that time and that money for doing it. And that's, that's why this, that's why this credit exists. So people could get a credit if they're innovating for either wages internally or maybe external wages and, or their supplies, or I guess their capital assets that will be used to innovate. Correct. Yep. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Why do you think so many people are unaware of this tax credit? So the reason there's so many are unaware of it is because of the history of the credit. So in 1981, well, I guess 1980, Japan became the world auto industry leader after the United States, the United States had held that title forever. And like that sparked a change in the government. They're like, we, we want our businesses to be the leader in these industries. And we want our minds, the people that are creating, staying here. And so they created these credits to keep business here so that um, business in the United States could be paying their employees something worth. So they're giving them a little bit extra money to pay their employees to keep their minds here, to reward them for being innovative, for changing the world and trying to find new solutions. But the problem was in 1981 when this started, it was only a big business thing. Like small businesses, the definitions were very vague, was not gonna apply to the majority of small businesses. And so from 1981 to 2015, like this, this, this credit that's been created was all over the map. Like it was being discontinued, it was being revised. There was, the definition was so difficult. So that, that chunk of time, that 30 year period, essentially was only big businesses like the, the auto companies, the tech companies like Microsoft and Ford and those massive companies that the United States is known for, that's who could apply for it. That's why no one knows about it. But in 2015, in the, with the PATH Act, it was put on the tax code permanently with a firm definition and it was expanded so that the definition included small businesses. But because of all that period of time where it didn't apply to small business, like CPAs that well, small businesses, maybe if they're not keeping up with it or they're not aware of it, plus it's a lot of detail. It takes a little bit of, it takes a specialized CPA to dive into and actually get the full amount of credit back. Like they, they have to know what they're doing. And so, it just left it like where still today, 95% of all the credits claimed are all still big business. So only 5% of the credits being claimed are being claimed by small businesses. Yet there's way more than this 5% of small businesses in the United States that qualify. So it's kind of just a, because it was so long as only big business, it hasn't switched over the fact that I can take advantage of this. Got it. Is there any further uh, additional benefits to being a small business when it comes to claiming these tax credits over a bigger corporation? Uh, not, not really. There isn't really a benefit to being a small business. It just is you apply, you qualify just as well as they do. Like their dollar amount is bigger. Like they're going to get, they could get millions of dollars back, but you, you aren't ex like the debt, the way it qualifies is no different. Like they have to qualify the same way you qualify. Got it. And you know, 
for a lot of people that haven't used a tax credit before and they're used to typical business expenses or deduction on the P&L, what is the difference between a tax credit versus a deduction? Yeah, this is an important distinction. So a tax deduction is going to lower your tax liability. So like, let's say I spend, I'm gonna buy a computer for my business. A, about 30% of that cost will lower your tax liability. It's not a dollar for dollar reduction, but a tax credit is a dollar for dollar match of an activity to, they're gonna pay you, if you do this activity, they're gonna pay you a dollar for dollar match. So I, I like to use the, the one that a lot of people, if they have kids, they're familiar with the tax, the child tax credit. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid, the government, the, the, the activity is you having a kid, the behavior is you having a kid. And if you meet that criteria, the government will pay you, I think it's like three grand for just having a kid. You didn't really do much different with the way you ran things, but all you did was met the criteria of having a kid and they paid you money. So it goes the same with the R&D credits is you meet the criteria of being innovative and have providing custom solutions or trying to improve your process or system. And the time and money you spend on that, the government will give you a, a tax credit or money for doing that specific behavior. Now, are the tax credits uh, handled differently when it comes to if someone's using an LLC versus a corporation and how they're applied? No, they're not. So they're exact. Everyone, it applies exactly the same to everyone else. So I could have a sole proprietorship with little entity and uh, liability like protection versus someone that has a lot of protection. And we would apply the exact same as long as the behaviors are there in each business, like it would apply the exact same for both businesses. Okay. So on the LLC, would the tax credits just be similar to, it's just a pass through to that person's federal tax return? Is that where they get the credit on the federal level? Yeah, well, it can. So every state also has it. So some states will give a little bit more, but for federal wise, like it's the same everywhere. You're going to get the same amount of money back. If you did that, if you matched with someone um, with the exact same behaviors and the exact same processes that you're trying to improve dollar for dollar, you'd get the exact same back federally. But if you lived in a different state, you might get a little bit more back if you lived in, like it's kind of, it's randomly like it's 50 states, but like you could get back more. I'm just gonna use two states. I have no idea if this is the case. Well, like I'm in Utah, the person in Utah could get back less than the person in California, just because the state would change. Everyone's always getting less back in California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so so on a, so someone's company set up as an LLC, they're getting passed through to their personal uh, federal tax deduction. And, you know, at the corporate level, when the, a corporation is utilizing these tax credits, I'm assuming that that's going to the corporate, uh, you know, getting a credit to the corporate taxes, correct? Yes. And because the majority of people that we work with have passed through entities, a lot of it actually gets applied to the individual too. So they, we actually, the, the CPAs will have to look at both the corporate and the, the individual's tax returns to maximize the credit to, to get all of it because a lot of it gets passed through into that individual through those pass-through entities. All right, well, let's get down to the areas and, you know, of what may qualify and who. Can you start with some, you know, a few high-level case studies or some areas specific? Yeah, so it's, it's difficult to like distinguish like what actually behavior wise qualifies, but just thinking, just gotta be thinking, am I trying to improve, make new or uh, it, like enhance a product process or system? But for me, it helps people to understand like, 
if I provide industry specific examples. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that because it, it's, it's one person in my industry qualified, there's a really high chance I'm gonna qualify. So the industries that have qualified in the past that like really high levels are people in manufacturing, people in engineering, people in textiles, uh, people in the medical field like doctors, veterinarians, dentists, chiropractors, physical therapists, like any person in that realm, tech, software, uh, we've found like franchise owners, restaurant owners, or even just any franchise owner will qualify. People like uh, real estate brokers will qualify. And when I, when I say qualify, let me just provide some examples. So we have had people get back, like a chiropractor get back as low as like 25,000, which I mean, that's $25,000 that was not there before. So the process this works is they meet with us they see if they qualify, we help them get the money back. And then they, we find they have 25,000 at the IRS, it's unclaimed. They get $25,000 back. So we've had chiropractors get $25,000 back. We've had manufacturing firms get back all the way up to $260,000 back. Not me personally, but there's been real estate brokers in the United States. That, like if you have a big brokerage and you have a huge team that get back, uh, and it has to be the broker because they have so many people underneath them but we, they've gotten back a million bucks. So like the range of scale of how much money you can get back depends on how much volume of money you have coming in, how much research you're doing, how many people you're paying underneath you that qualify in research and development behaviors of like, let, let me just distinguish, like I can't pay my secretary if they're not like, I can't, that, that, that salary I pay my secretary doesn't go towards the research development credit because they're not really doing anything innovative or new. They're just doing a task. Like if you gave them, like I want you to track data on like and improve the process of like answering phones or whatever system, then that would qualify. But most people don't do that. Most people don't have their secretary, but like if you're paying like the engineer or, or you're the dentist yourself because you're the expert on that, then that, that money qualifies. I mean, like the majority of people are going to get back 10 to $30,000 a year from the credit that's on average. The medical field is going to probably push that on average to about thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year, and then every other industry just depends on how how much money you're putting in. But the average small business owner is missing out on ten to thirty thousand dollars a year. And so, you know, through these few areas that you mentioned, can you go into a specific like case study and what they did or what they were developing or researching that allowed them to take this credit? in these few areas that you mentioned? Yeah, so let me, uh, let's just do a, let's do a dentist and then let's do a tech company. Mm -hmm. So I dent, we had a dentist that got back, well, they have a partnership, but they got back, set the two of them, they got back $74,000. So we, we spoke with them, we, we looked into like, what type of practices are you doing? And this is why it's really important that we talked about industry because the IRS knows what dentists do. Like they are, like it's like the teeth cleaning side doesn't necessarily qualify, but everything else they do when it comes to like filling cavities or fixing people's teeth, like that's a custom solution. And so they don't even, they already know that that applies and that qualifies. So everything that they're doing when it comes to the, if they're doing orthodontic work or if they're doing cavity work, or if they're helping uh, like fix a problem with a tooth, like all of that behavior is qualified within research development because it's, them trying to help that individual client diagnose the problem and solve the problem for the individual. So that's the key is, am I solving the problem for the individual? 
And then for, for tech, I mean, like tech is always trying to improve and enhance and get better. So like if I'm developing an app, that process of developing and creating the app is qualifying. So there was a tech company in San Francisco that we helped that is an app creator and they create apps. And so that whole, pro like that behavior isn't really, like it's not diving deep into like what exactly they're doing. The IRS knows when you create an app, you're, you're doing research, you're developing, you're trying to improve, you're trying to fix problems, you're, you're testing things to see if this works or that works. Like that, they already know that that process works or that that process is research development. Now let me share an example of another company that a lot of people wouldn't really think. So there's like a, a vape company, like a vape uh, store company, like mm -hmm. they, they're typically would be seen as off the shelf. They take one product and put it over here. But we spoke with one gentleman and he was like, he's testing the different uh, juices and he's doing research on like the best method to deliver his product to his, pro to his clients all over the country. So it doesn't just have to be the actual products like test, like creating, but like if you're researching different ways to get it to your clients, you're researching different products that are better than the other one, the time spent on that process works as well. Does that, does that make sense? Am I, is that clear? Yeah. Or do you want to? Yeah, I think that's pretty well. I mean, I think that's pretty good. I mean, anything obviously into uh, the different areas to be specific to so people can, you know, get an idea of just first, I mean, hey, may I, do I probably qualify and should I speak to somebody, right? I mean, I think yeah. just that's where the, the problem always lies. People don't have, it, uh, have an idea of that R&D tax credits may apply to their existing business. So any kind of case studies throughout the different industries do help. I mean, how about in regards to maybe the broker? How could a real estate broker, because I know we have a lot of real estate listeners, you know, how, how could they qualify for this or what is specific actions they need to do? Yeah, so I mean, if you think that, so that's the, the key about real estate is number one, they're, they have to be the broker because they have to have agents underneath them that they're paying because those agents are doing research on specific areas like where's the best homes in this area? What's the, how, what's the price points on this area? And so they're already doing the research. And then if you're a part of a, like a franchise like Keller Williams, you also are paying them a fee every time that you make a sale, right? And Keller Williams does a tremendous amount of research development on the tech side by creating websites and doing all that thing. So that all that website creation, that money you pay them on a every sale basis counts towards your credit, like that goes towards you. And then every time your, your team sells, that also counts towards it. So it can get really big if you have a big team. And so just all of those behaviors and all of those things would eventually end up qualifying someone. The best, the reason, so I think a lot of people, we, let's just, when they, they're like, well, I don't think this applies to me, but like if I have said your industry, like the, those industries I've said, like we have always seen them qualify. So like you might not think I'm doing those things, behaviors, but I, if you are in the industries that I mentioned, like that is like, I need to be talking to someone because I'm going to probably be getting money back. Like there's a chance you won't, like I can't guarantee it. But so far, the industries that I have stated have always qualified. So if you're in one of the industries I stated, you need to be speaking with a research development specialist because they're like, there's a 5% chance that your CPA team is doing this already because like I said, only 5% of those credits are being claimed by small business earlier. Like I, I don't know exactly what goes into a CPA not learning this and doing this as value to them, 
But all I know is that if you want it done and want it done in a way that's going to get you the money back, you need to be speaking with a specialist. And so like you can speak with me, but you can also just Google R and D specialists and there's, there's going to be like five, 10, 15 different companies that'll pop up. Like they all do, we all do the exact same thing, but you need to be speaking with someone because you're missing out on money. If I, if I said your industry, you're missing out on money if you haven't been doing this before. Cool. And so uh, let's say I'm sitting here listening and I think, you know, my industry was mentioned and I may qualify. What do I do now when I go out and seek one of these people to speak with or what do they do? What is the process? Yeah. So the process is pretty typical um, industry wide. It might vary from person to person, but for the most part, it looks like this. You're going to speak with a, a specialist. Like if you were, if, like, I'll just use me as an example. You'd get a hold of me. I would answer the phone. You were going to have a discussion about what industry in, what type of behaviors you're doing and how your business looks. And if I feel like it, it, it's going to work and it would like, I'm always going to check because this whole process of talking to me is completely free. So the, the process of me checking to see if you qualify, it's 100% free. So you don't have to worry about like, are they going to like, if I get on the phone, are they going to ask for all this money down and like just to check, like the whole process of checking is free. You're on the phone with the person. You're going to fill out an application and essentially this application just is going to ask you a little bit of questions about your business, how it's structured, some d details about how many employees you have, very, very simple things. And then you're going to provide the specialists with the last three years with the tax returns, both the corporate and the personal, because the majority of small business owners have passed through entities and it will take about a week or two and to find out if the business qualifies. And if they don't, so you'll have this about 15 minute conversation on the phone. You'll send over the tax returns with the signed document application. And then about a week or two, the, the CPAs will have done the work. The specialists will call you back and they're going to say, hey, you qualify or you don't qualify. If you qualify, this is how much you qualify for. And if you want our CPA team to now continue to work and get that money back for you, you are going to pay it pay portion of the fee and this is where the fee comes in so up to the point of if i qualify or not that whole process is completely free so it's a completely risk-free no obligation check so it's worth everyone's time if if you, during this conversation that we have had where either the industry is mentioned or you think that even if your industry wasn't mentioned but you think that you're doing qualifying behaviors because you're innovating and you're trying to create then it, it's definitely worth the 15 minute conversation to see if you qualify because if you have money at the IRS and the CPAs help you get it back, they, I mean, it's free money. Like that money wasn't, that money is never, they see the IRS will not give you that money unless you apply for it. So it's never going to come to you if you don't take advantage of it. So I highly recommend if anything struck a chord or you think you qualify or mentioned one of those industries, just have a conversation to see if you qualify because it's free. Like, even if you don't qualify, the only thing out of your pocket was the 15 minutes of your time. Got it. And do you guys typically uh, charge, you know, once you do your audit on it and it does qualify, do you guys typically, do you guys charge flat fees or a percentage of the savings or, you know, what do people, what can they expect? Yeah. So the, the, this is also pretty, it's, it's actually every company charges this. So you are going to pay the cost of the CPAs doing the work is 33% of what they find. So I'll just give an example to help people um, think of this clearly. So let's say the CPAs find 30,000, the cost for them to help you get that money back 
is 10,000, it's 33%, it's one third of the cost. You have to pay 50% of that 10,000 to initiate the CPAs to do the work. So they'll do all the work, they'll, they'll get the whole tax return filed and amended, and then they'll send it to you to sign. To get them to do that, it's, in this case, it'd be five grand to get them to do that. When you get your check back for 30 grand from the IRS, you have to you then pay the remaining five grand or the remaining 30 50 percent of the 33 so that's okay. that's how it is in every every company is that cost that's just what it costs to pay the cpas to pay the customer service to pay the entire team of people that are doing this specialist but you're still getting 20 grand back that was never coming back before so even though the cost is a little steep it's worth it because you're going to be getting back the majority like two thirds of that money that wasn't there before. And if and they say, if you're not innovating, you're dying, right? So I would think yeah. hopefully a lot more people out there would qualify because it would mean that they're innovating and growing. You know, when it comes to, you know, rollback, like when you guys do your audit, can you roll back and look at years in the past or how far back can you go back and get someone credits? Yeah, so this is one of the awesome things. You can go back up to three years and get money back. So the first time you do this, you're going to get a pretty sizable check most of the time. And then on the, after that, you just do it on a yearly basis and it'll be about one third of whatever you got the first time, unless you really like, you can grow it by getting bigger and by doing more innovation and getting more back. But typically it's going to be about one third of that original check because you, we go back up to three years, get all the credits, all the incentives that were missed, and then you get them all. So the first check is quite large. And this is one of the things that we've been pushing recently is because like, our economy, businesses, small business specifically, are in a little tight spot. A lot of them got closed down. They, they lost revenue for a portion of time. And this credit, like, it just it provides an influx of cash that wasn't there before. So it's, it's, there, it's your money at the IRS. It's just sitting there. We can go back up to three years and we can get you an influx of cash. Like those two dentists, they were closed down for about a month and a half. So they lost out on a month and a half of revenue. But now they got $74,000 that wasn't there before. That now is an influx of cash that gets put into their business that they could that missed out. I don't know if it was fully. It was pretty close to what they would have made typically in, the, in a month and a half of time that they're shut down, right? So this is an opportunity for small businesses that are struggling right now that can't find cash or looking for cash to have it. They've already, the money's already, the behavior's already been done. Everything's already there. The IRS just needs you to apply for it, which is kind of silly, but that's how it works. So once a business owner knows they qualify, right? Do you guys advise them to handle their expenses any differently moving forward to be able to track them easier? Um, we, we can give them some tips and strategies, but not, I mean, typically we can, like we can have the conversation, like let's say, uh, let's say there's a company that is not innovating for whatever reason, like they don't have, they don't have, they don't think they have the cash to do so they want to do something but they don't think that the cash to do it like this this is a little bit of a motivation like like push further like do that spend that money on that because you're getting you know that you've got this credit coming at the end of the year that's going to help you offset some of that cost so it's not as risky for you to dive into something further that's pre that's pretty much the, the advising that would happen uh but is what we're and it's really important to distinguish these firms my firm we're not doing tax deductions. We're not helping you um, file your taxes. We only do credits and incentives. And so we're joining your team, not trying to replace your CPA. So if you really like your CPA, you're like, well, I don't want to offend him or I don't want to offend her. Or, I really enjoy it. I think they do a great job of giving me deductions. All we're doing is just 
completing your, your tax strategy to include incentives and credits because if they're just not getting claimed, your CPA isn't probably doing it. And if they are, they might not be doing the best. They might not be getting back everything because they don't know that, like I said, it's 5 million words and most CPAs don't know it all. And so using a specialist can get you back way more to add to your team. So it's really important to distinguish that there, this is just joining your tax strategy to make it the best it possibly can. That's great. And what is, you know, for those that are interested here is how do they get comfortable in knowing that what you're doing is uh, legitimate, I guess. And two, do you guys back that up with some kind of audit defense for lifetime? Yeah. So if, so that, that's a great question. So if someone is like, this sounds a little bit too good to be true because it really does. Like all, all I have to do is sign a piece of paper and then I'm going to get $74,000 back. Like that, that sounds a little bit sketchy. And I, we understand that. Like when we first, like when I first heard about this, like I was like, this can't, this can't be real. Like it doesn't make sense, but it's, it's hundred percent real. But if you want to like investigate yourself, just Google R and D tax credits and just look at all of the companies that are doing it. You can like click on them. You can look at what industries are qualifying. You can look at what they're saying. And like, it's, I don't know how to provide, but that just provides a little bit of group theory, I guess, or a little bit of like a lot of people are doing this. It's, that's not fake. Like they're very professional. That, that'd be my first thing. Second thing would be to when it comes to like audit defense. So in the entire existence of working these companies, so they started in 2015, the majority of them, because that's when it became available. But we've had CPAs that work at these companies that were doing this for the big companies. And so we have people on our staff that have, number one, our company has never had this come back and audit and they like, they take your money back or they're like upset or incorrect or that that's never happened. Like when we have submitted a tax return for our thousands and thousands of clients that we've done this for, not one of them has ever had the IRS say, well, no, that doesn't work. Or I need that money back or that was fake or you're, you're trying to, you're trying to jip me type thing. So our CPAs are doing an excellent job at proving to the IRS that the behavior is there, that the credit is real. And so if everything, if anything ever happens, so let me just explain the process of once you sign that, the amended tax return, it goes to an actual IRS agent. And so typically when you fire taxes, I don't know if people know this, but it's automated. So like everything, it's not actually being seen by a person. Like everything is just automated. It's just going through. And then if they want to audit you, they'll just randomly do it. Or like there'll be a red flag that the automation picks up on. And then they'll have an IRS agent investigate it. But in this amended case, it goes to an actual person. And the actual person is looking at to verify the work the CPA is saying existed, right? And so the IRS agent isn't going to give you the money that applies to the credit unless they agree with what the CPA has just sent them. Right. And so we have never not had an IRS agent not give us like send the money. So they've sent it, which means an actual person at the IRS approved it. And so it becomes difficult to justify, like why would the IRS call an audit on something they just barely approved by someone that they trust as a person, like an agent, an IRS agent that is specialized in that type of amended tax return field. So, They've already approved it, an actual person. And I mean, it takes about a month to two months, sometimes three months for them to approve this. So they're not going to go through that process of approving it and then say, oh, actually, we want it back because they already had someone approve it. It's like a pre-audit type thing. So uh, and just to clarify, so within that fee, 
does that include any audit defense? Like, or does someone have additional uh, expenses yeah, if the IRS so does if, come and say something? Yeah. So if there was, if something ever did happen, we would, there would be either we give the money back and we, t we handle the whole thing or, uh, like we would just, like it would, it does, it, to answer your question simply, yes, there is an audit defense, but we've never had it happen. We've never had to use it, if that makes sense. In the existence that they've been there, it's never been used. So if there ever was a reason, we would just give all our fees, everything back. There wouldn't be, there, there, literally there is no cost. If something is not, there's only a cost if we get your money back, right? If something goes wrong or they want, it doesn't work, we give all money back. There is no, op, there is no risk of losing money if it doesn't work. Is this how big corporations get, you know, so big? Do they utilize this R&D tax credit all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Like, th this is one of the reasons why Amazon and Microsoft and Apple pay zero to nothing in Texas. Like, this is one of the, the strategies they're using that makes it possible for them to do that. It's absolutely something they do because that's, I mean, Amazon is all about innovation. Amazon is all about pushing further. And so they're tracking their dollars, they're tracking who they're paying, they're tracking all that time and effort to the, the website creation, to the delivery, to how can we get this there expedited or how can we pay our teams? And I mean, they've, spoke, they've spoken of like drones, like the, the money they're spending on those drone creation, if that's actually happening, like the time spent on that goes to the research that goes to the credit. So they're getting money back for doing that. So like, this is absolutely used by big business from all the way from the auto people to the tech people, to software companies that are massive. If you, if you had a big company in the United States, I can guarantee that this is something that's on their tax strategy plan. That, that is good. And what are any other thoughts or things that we might've missed for, you know, the listeners to think of if they're, you know, want to look into these tax credits? I don't think so. I think, I think we've, I think it's, I think I, I mean, just don't like think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Like at least take the step to have the conversation with a specialist because it's free. Because if you qualify, like even if it was, let's just say 15 grand a year that you were getting back, like that's 15 grand that was never there before that's 15 grand that you can either hire someone new or even invent something else or grow or if simply just go on vacation and get some r and r and then that makes you more productive like it's 15 grand that like you would i mean i don't know how long it takes some business owner to make 15 grand but that could be a couple months worth of work that they already were they've already done they've already done the work for it they just have to apply for it so i would just really highly encourage just speak just have the conversation with a specialist because you never know unless you look. That's good. I appreciate that. And for our final question, what is the biggest takeaway that you've implemented in your life to increase your net worth? I think for me, it's investing in myself, like taking the time to find ways to bring more value to people and like, not just like, well, how can I do it? And then trying to like skimp and, but like diving in, like what can I do to bring more value? Like, and then real estate. So I dove into that and invested, like, how can I get better at this? But I was like, well, that doesn't quite fit what I'm looking for. So look, they'll find taxes. So I just invested in learning and growing who I was as a person. I think that's increased my, my net worth the greatest. So continuing education for yourself. I like it. Yes, I like correct. It. Yeah. And if our listeners and people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. So if you want to get a hold of me, I have also, I'm, I offer a free, research development tax incentive book. It's just a quick read so that people, it provides a little bit of 
more detail or a little bit of clarity on what we've been talking about. So if they like reading and that's their type of thing, they get a free book by going here. But you go to biglifefinancial.com forward slash research credits and you can set an appointment to meet with me. You get the free book and you have the opportunity to kind of investigate the website a little bit so you can learn more about it. Well, Justin, I appreciate coming on today. I'm, I'm very glad that you came. Yeah, it was, I, it was, this is, I love talking about this because this is something small business owners, like they do all this work to create all this income. And this is something that, that's just a small reward for doing that and they just miss it. And it's just something that they can just start implementing really simply to, to reap more benefits, keep more on the bottom line and just have it more for them. Thanks. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. Joe Robert Show.